This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday Arrow video assortment series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. This is our 40th installment of the Arrow video assortment. And guess what ladies and gents, this one's a twofer. That's right, we are looking at the Arrow video release of After Midnight by director Jeremy Gardner. And... If you bought the limited edition one, which I think is still for sale, and trust me, for the measly £18 they have it listed on their site, you should be buying, not only will you get that movie, but you'll also get his directorial debut, a little movie called The Battery, which I think is one of the finest horror movies released in the 2010s. So, yeah, with that in mind, we're doing two reviews, two mini-reviews. We're going to be covering The Battery first, and then After Midnight as our main feature on this episode. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs. Lots of moving parts this week. Things that were supposed to happen that didn't happen that have shunted things a little bit around from where I wanted them to be. So originally we were supposed to be releasing an episode on Thursday and I was supposed to have a guest on with me on the Thursday episode and that kind of fell through but in a delightful way in that the Baz stepped in to record an episode of Chronicle with me. So on the feed for the Teapots Collective next week, you'll be getting a little bit of Chronicle. So that is something to be excited for. But yeah, my uh, my, my guess fell through. And as a result of that, the Thursday episode didn't happen. Then, oh, they just keep coming. The Saturday episode was to cover a screener of um, Broadcast Signal. It's a brand new horror movie that's coming out this coming Friday. Um, interviews were lined up for that and then sadly they had to be kind of moved around. Um, so that didn't happen either. So that review will be coming its way to you on Tuesday. Uh, just the review that is of Broadcast Signal, which is a movie I would highly recommend. So keep your eyes peeled for that review when it drops on Tuesday. Which means that there's loads coming next week. Uh, it starts off on Monday with The Clovehitch Killer, which is the second of our three-part March Madness serial killer breakdown in the movies series. I could have come up with a better way of describing that, but that's the one I've stuck with, and hopefully it has confused you as much as it confused me saying it. So yeah, Clovitch Killer will be the review on Monday, which is tomorrow, ladies and gents. Then, on Thursday, you are getting the final one. So we're going to be doing our last serial killer in the movies, doing stuff that we break down kind of thingy so that's happening on Thursday Tuesday in between though you're getting that broadcast signal review like I told you I was gonna do and then on the weekend we are free so that is you all free for podcasts under the stairs 
feel doesn't that feel good uh, on the teapots collective you will be getting tomorrow dropping for your attention where to begin with on thursday you'll be getting a little bit of chronicle and then next monday so a week on monday you'll be getting done and after and that is all lined up for you so plenty of content coming your way ladies and gents and uh, we will get this ship back on track. But before we do that, we're going to take a short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for the battery. When we return, we're discussing it right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, LegionPodcasts.com, The Psychosemantic Podcast. They can take our bones and bury them deep under the river, but we'll still be together and we cannot be defeated. They can take our trombones and pack them down there with us but no matter how long it takes us we will not be defeated when we dance we dance together under the moon and under the weather we will lock our eyes forever in the night <laughs> I want to sleep in a house, in a bed, like a real human. You need to wake up and realize this is how it is out here now. Nobody's going to flip the switch back on. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So let's just give you an overview of the whole disc as it stands just now. And then we'll break down into our battery review. Then we'll take a short break. You're going to hear the trailer for After Midnight. And then I'll come back to do that one. So the whole disc as it stands, the limited edition one, which I've just confirmed is definitely out of stock, which is a bit shitty. But uh, you probably find it online somewhere, if you know what I mean. Um... And this is what it says. It says, a, heart, a broken heart was bad enough. Ten years into his small-town romance with Abby, played by Bria Grant of A Ghost Story, bartender Hank, uh, played by Jeremy Gardner from Bliss, wakes up alone in his empty home with nothing but a cryptic parting note for company. As Hank drinks himself into heartbreak and depression, Abby's sudden departure soon becomes the least of his concerns as a mysterious monster starts clawing at his door on a nightly basis. 
As the threat outside his door intensifies, Hank calls on Abby's police officer brother, Shane, played by Justin Benson of Synchronic fame, and his best friend Wade, uh, played by Henry Zabrowski of The Wolf of Wall Street, for help. But there's no trace of the monster. As behaviour becomes more erratic, its friends remain unconvinced of the creature lurking outside, and Hank slips further into his own paranoia and loneliness. Expertly directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Steller of Tex Montana Will Survive fame, and co-produced by a team behind Spring and The Endless, After Midnight is a twisted genre-bending gem with mesmerising performances and sublime cinematography, but breaking up, moving on and facing your monsters, both real and imaginary. So this one was the special edition two-disc version. It was limited to 2,500 units. <clears throat> There's a high-definition 1080p Blu-ray presentation of After Midnight and Jeremy Gardner's first feature, The Battery, available on Blu-ray in the UK for the first time. There's optional English subtitles in de- uh, for the deaf of hard and hearing, a reversible sleeve with a choice of artwork designs and a reversible fold-out poster. A limited edition collector's booklet containing new writing on After Midnight by William Das and an archival piece on the battery by Jeremy Gardner himself. On disc number one you get After Midnight and its original 5.1 and 2.0 stereo audio soundtracks, audio commentary with the directors Christian Stella and Jeremy Gardner, Lakeland Florida CUNY featuring Stella Gardner along with Ashley Song, Nicola Mastraska and Taylor Zudk. Script supervisor Elise Stella and the second assistant director Juan Ortiz uh, are pitching something else. Stella and Gardner pitch the character Wade to Henry Zabowski, featuring an intro by producer Arne Moorhead. A self-interview while quarantined during the coronavirus outbreak. Brand new interview with actor and producer Justin Benson, recorded exclusively for this release. Bria and Barak find fantastic fest scooters. Actors Bria Grant and Barak Hadley Hunt down scooters following the fantastic fest screening of After Midnight. A behind-the-scenes featurette, outtakes, behind-the-scenes image gallery and official international and UK trailers. On disc number two, which is the one we're discussing just now, uh, you've got The Battery with its original stereo audio, audio commentary featuring writer, director and actor Jeremy Gardner, producer and actor Adam Kronheim and director of photography Christian Stella. The Making of the Battery, a feature-length 90-minute documentary on the making of the film. Feature on the music of the battery, outtakes and a theatrical trailer. In terms of the product details for this one, it is exclusive to Arrow Video and is region locked in the UK. The runtime is 83 minutes approximately. Director is Jeremy Gardner, Christian Stella. Certification is 15. Actors Jeremy Gardner, Bregan, Justin Benson. Subtitle languages are English SDH, aspect ratio 235.1, theatrical release for After Midnight was 2019, theatrical release for The Battery was 2012, main language is English, number of discs too, and the brand is Arrow Video. So yeah, like I say, this one appears to now be sold out, which is kind of sucky because this was a fucking great buy at the time. I think it was came out about £20, which worked out £10 for each. And it mentioned in the description of the battery wasn't actually available in the UK on Blu-ray. So I'd had to import it from America, where Scream Factory had put it out, uh, to own it. Because I didn't want the DVD, I wanted the Blu-ray. So this was a huge, like, thumbs up for me because we got the one that wasn't out on Blu-ray and I wanted it on Blu-ray. 
the battery I've spoken about it before, so we're going to cover it here, but I want to kind of lean in on to why it was really cool to have on this release. The battery to me is the perfect example of indie filmmaking and what you can do if you have the sheer will and a bit of the technical know-how to make something happen. It is a movie which feels weird that we're saying this now. It came at what we were then describing as the, the kind of point or lethargy on zombie movies. Um, believe it or not, 2012 slash 2013 was like, we'd had so many from Shaun of the Dead and um, the kind of 20 Days Later and the remake of Dawn of the Dead that we got to a point where we were like, oh, just make it end, someone please kill this zombie. And then there was a few movies started appearing kind of revamped things, revitalised for sure, but certainly made them more interesting and palatable as a viewer. And the battery is one of the big ones. It is, for all intents and purposes, a character study where the zombies are not front and centre. Now, zombie movies generally are character studies. They are, you know, following a select group of survivors as they try and navigate the pitfalls and perils of of kind of post-apocalyptic worlds where, you know, the the dead have come back to life or a virus is spreading, etc. So, you know, they will always lean on the character studies, but most of those character studies in a lot of those movies are pretty shallow, like Paddling Pool Shadow, shallow. Um, and the battery was never that. It was, for all you don't get a huge amount of detail about your two central characters, you do, just through their interactions, understand that one of them is very much a survivor and the other one probably won't survive. And what I loved about this movie is that it, it gave you that. There are other movies where at some point that person that shouldn't survive should step up and save the day. You know, like uh, buck comprehension and um, expectance. In a movie, you know, like, at, at the point, there should be a point if this was handled by someone else where Jeremy Gardner gets stuck and then all of a sudden his partner has to help him and yay, he's finally rose to the occasion. That doesn't happen in this movie. Um, all for all, he's kind of pushed and cajoled and mocked um, in the direction of you need to be able to survive. Ultimately, he doesn't. And it's quite heartbreaking when it does happen, and I think it just makes it an incredible movie to watch because it delivers it. Once again, it doesn't go for the Hollywood version of doing this. It sticks very much within an indie aesthetic where stories are better controlled because of finances, because of people behind it. So that's one of the aspects. The second reason is this has a super short runtime. This isn't even an hour and a half, which is perfect. Um, and is shot beautifully for the minuscule budget that they had. They made use of space, made use of scenery, made use of lighting, and made use of the soundtrack. The soundtrack for this one, I mean, there's a double-barreled name really against this one, the battery being, and this was described to me back in the day when we recorded our review on this in 2013, as a position that you do in baseball. But it also kind of indicates the, the batteries of the the Walkman, the CD player, whatever it was, that uh, our character listens to music on. And I love that kind of... I love that playfulness in the, in the terminology, but in its meaning as well. A lot of this music is driven by a very cool indie soundtrack. 
and it's one of those things that when you watch the movie you just find yourself completely absorbed there's music playing almost all the way through this in the best possible way and it's it's kind of quirky indie rock aesthetic adds to what you're watching it weirdly marries up perfectly to what you're saying so you have limited cast but great limited cast I've said it before I'll say it again Jeremy Gardner is a great filmmaker he's an incredible actor I mean genuinely an incredible actor um, and he is like hands down the best thing in this movie but he's surrounded by a great cast here like not only do you have uh, good performances by the zombie lot who are not doing the tired thing that you get in zombie movies um, but as as me and Capodri in this one is a great actor as well I feel the relationship I actually think that they've been friends for years that's how well it's portrayed here but it's the it's attitude bravado vulnerability and sadness ultimately and then rage of Jeremy Gardner that sells this movie through. It's a kind of tour de force, a real passion project that if everything was fear and just in the world, this guy would have went on to much bigger things right after it, but that didn't happen. So it's a movie that... It's a movie that definitely shows that you don't need a lot of money. And we've seen a lot of low-budget zombie movies, and that's, to me, I don't know how you can just make movies so cheaply and then make them just not interesting. But it's a, a movie that understands that, first and foremost, acting and the script and the story are paramount, and then whatever you do with the zombies are the background. Um, and it delivers that really, really, really well. It's a movie that has emotion packed into it, it's a movie that has humour packed into it, it has a human condition, a great soundtrack, wonderful cinematography, and a great runtime as well. And when it finishes, part of you might be thinking, I can't wait for the battery to. And I'm glad that it never happened because to me, this is a one and done story. Um, it kind of reminds me of the way when I saw Stakeland for the first time and I was like, this is amazing, a one and done story. And then they made a sequel and I was like, oh no. And that sequel wasn't as good as the original. So what was the point of fucking doing it? Um, it's kind of here with that as well. You don't need it. You never need a sequel to the battery. It's great in what it does. Um, and if you've never seen it before please check it out sadly it's only on DVD in the UK if you didn't get one of these copies uh, but you can import it from America uh, Shout Factory have the rights for it over there and it's worth spending a bit of that cash and getting a copy of it sitting down and enjoying it because it is a wonderful movie um, there should be no surprises to anyone it is like one of my favourite movies of the last decade so it gets a 5 for me 5 out of 5 for the battery and we'll take a short break you're going to get promos for shows that I love you are going to hear the trailer for After Midnight when we return. We're discussing that movie right after this. Listen, baby, you're going to talk to me sooner or later. You can't just disappear. Ever since you left, some kind of thing's been coming out of the woods every night. I'm crazy without her. Going around town telling people there's a big bad wolf trying to blow our house down. Maybe she got tired of waiting around. She just tell your sister she gonna just come on home. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. You see what it did to my door? How do you know though? I saw it. There ain't one town. Don't have someone saying they've seen something they can't explain. 
You're right about most things, but you're wrong about one thing. You are enough for me, Abby. Hell, I'm not entirely convinced it's not you. You're like a werewolf or something? And welcome back. So, you've just heard the trailer for After Midnight. I remember when this movie was announced and being kind of not... need to watch your words with these things. Not necessarily not sold on it, but kind of thinking... A kind of romantic horror movie. I don't know if I want to see that from Jeremy Gardner. I kind of want the gnarliness. I want the grit. I want the battery. Um, and that kind of left me very quickly the closer we got to it the more excited I was just to see another Jeremy Gardner film and then this one landed and it's fucking great um I did an interview with both Christian Stella and Jeremy Gardner in advance of this coming out and I found the interview kind of awesome really enjoyed chatting to them they answered my questions I believe honestly but it was just a cool interview talking about the process just like how much struggles it took to get this movie made and how ultimately you know the reliance on other friends within the industry particularly Benson and Moorhead to get, help get some financing to get this one off the ground um, that process like I said in the first review you would have thought after the battery effortless move right into the next movie and that just never really happened for him Tex Multana will survive as a great fun movie for sure but it was another one of these where DIY out in the woods will just make a movie project. So this one actually is a proper movie, um, and it has a great cast again. Primarily, you are gonna you're gonna fall in love with Bria Grant's performance and Jeremy Gardner's, like unabashedly awesome. The thing I love about this one is it, there's a lot of allegory here, a lot of symbolism, which can turn a lot of people off to movies. And I think if this movie didn't work as a kind of superficial entry in its own right, I could see people marking this one down. But it bloody does. The deeper you look, the more you will find the idea of relationships and how they grow, or how they grow sometimes one-sided, one person growing faster than the other, complacency. And the, the kind of the dark monsters that build within... And then you watch this movie and it's all there. All the symbolism, all the subtext is there and it's beautifully constructed. Um, it's got a fucking funny creature design and just a great idea of, like, once again, like Jeremy Gardner, there's something about him. He's a very emotive actor. It's very difficult to watch him in a performance and just not be completely absorbed and in awe of how great he is doing the things that he's doing and this is another shining example of that he carries this movie um, not completely on his own like I say Bria Grant's great Justin Benson great actor but you'll know that if you've seen things like um, The Endless where he's phenomenal in it but even like the choice of picking a comedian podcaster Henry Zabrowski to do what he does in this and he's fucking great in this as well it's, it's just across the board it's very clever very smart and very witty casting um and then it relies kind of 
on two levels of being able to deliver the scares, be kind of touching and romantic at its core, but also be funny and entertaining. And that very fine hairline balancing act um, shouldn't work as well as it does here, but it really, 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 really does. It's also benefited by the fact it's under an hour and a half long, so this one cruises by at pace. But it builds slowly in a way which is satisfying. Like, every night that the monster arrives, things escalate in a natural, larger order. So you kind of feel yourself going along with it, the peril, the jeopardy is there. And then when Bria Grant's character finally comes back, it is slightly confusing as to where the movie's going to go next. And then the, the idea of doubt as to what he's actually seen being like the the payoff to the most absurd punchline, I think is just, it's kind of, it's the masterclass thing again that I mentioned in the battery about like Hollywood would not usually let you do this. They would make you change that and make the weak character the strong character by the end. Well, Hollywood probably wouldn't let you do this as a punchline, but they, they got it through. Christian Stella and Jeremy Gardner do a phenomenal job in the production. The set design is great. This one doesn't have the same level of detail in the score as the battery because it's not as pronounced, but then again, it doesn't have to be. It, it, it's, it's very subtle in parts and also kind of bitching all the way through and there was time and effort put into that as per my interview with the guys way back when. Um, so it's all those details are kind of considered and, and moulded in, in a great direction. So... I think that works for it really well. Um, in terms of the, the actual release for this one, the special features are fucking great in this. Like, specifically special features for the After Midnight release. You get, like, some really cool Q&A stuff. The Lakeland, Florida q and is kind of awesome. Um, the commentary itself, which I, I have listened to in the past, is brilliant. Hearing Christian Stella and Jeremy Gardner, two friends, just talk about the work behind this one. Um, one of the particular highlights for me is the actual pitching to Henry Zabrowski. I'm a big fan of Last Podcast on the Left. So, to me, getting to see that's kind of amazing. Um, but also, specifically, the self-quarantined interview or self-interview uh, with Justin Benson. I love just Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. I think they're a great team. And um, the way they speak about movies is just really infectious. Uh, I saw them introduce Synchronic a few years ago at Glasgow Fright Fest. And just the way they talk about the movie-making process, the creation, and then the production side of things is, you know, infinitely fascinating. So the fact you get all that... It's kind of amazing. And then, like I say, not to rub it into those that didn't get it, the fact you get the battery with, you know, the making of 90-minute documentary, which I'd seen before, um, but I feature it on the music, which I don't think I had seen. I don't know if the Scream Factory version has that, but the, the commentary on that one's great as well. Once again, I've done this, so it's, it's you know, I've been through the commentaries on these, so it's kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, like, this is genuinely a, an amazing release. One of my favourites of... Um, when did it come out? 2019? Um, one of my favourites of that year. I thought they, they kind of nailed this one in the right way. It's that kind of similar way to when they released uh, Resolution and The Endless together. After Midnight and The Battery kind of have to be together in a package. So it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, After Midnight, if you've never seen it, you're in for a total treat. It's a five for me as well. It was a high scorer that year. Um, I just love it. I think it's a great movie. I think Jeremy Gardner's awesome. Uh, biased as I am totally towards what that guy does. Uh, I wish him 
all the money in the world and all the success so we can make more movies because we need more people like Jeremy Gardner out there making movies. We just need more Jeremy Gardner movies overall. So a five for this one, five for both movies. This is my final break. I'm closing that show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been your Sunday Arrow video assortment series of reviews where we were looking at After Midnight and the Battery because it was a special twofer episode on our 40th instalment. Now, coming up in but three weeks' time, I am super excited about this because it's only just come through the door. It's only recently just been put in my app, so the fact that randomised it, right to made me smile, jump up and down and, and clap my hands like a seal. Uh, we are going to be doing Phenomena, the 4K UHD release from Arrow. Uh, this one is still available, so you can get your hands on this, but I'll wait till I give you some details on this. So, let's do the product overview. From Master of Horror, Dario Argento, who did Suspiria and The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, comes Phenomena, one of his most eccentric and unique thrillers, featuring telepathic insects, maggots galore, and even razor-wielding chimps. Jennifer Corvino, played by Jennifer Connolly of Labyrinth fame, daughter to world-renowned movie star, arrives in the so-called Swiss Transylvania to attend an exclusive girls' school. However, a vicious killer is targeting the pupils, and sleepwalker Jennifer finds herself in the assassin's headlights when her nocturnal wanderings cause her to witness the death of a fellow pupil. Aided by a paraplegic etymologist, um, John McGregor, played by Donald Pleasance of Halloween fame with an incredible Scottish accent, uh, and her own uncanny ability to communicate telepathically with insects, Jennifer sets out to track down the killer before she herself becomes his latest victim. Released in 1985, towards the end of Argento's decade-long golden age as a director, Phenomena co-stars Delia Di Lorazzo of The Pajama Girl Case, Patrick Bouchard of Clear and Present Danger, and Daria Nicolodi of Tenebrae and features a lush cinematography by Romano Albino uh, of Inferno and a pounding prog rock score by Goblin, who did Deep Red and Suspiria. This particular release presents all three versions of the film, including the radically different Creepers cut released in the US and a sumptuous new 4K restoration. This is the definitive release of Argento's creepy classic. In this limited edition release, you are getting a new 4K restoration from the original 116-minute Italian version, the 110-minute international English version, and the 83-minute US Creepers version from the original camera negatives by our films. A 4K 2160p UHD Blu-ray presentation of all three films, or all three versions in Dolby Vision, HDR10 compatible. Limited edition packaging with reversible sleeve featuring two original pieces of poster artwork, an illustrated collector's booklet featuring writing on the film by Mikhail G. Coven, Rachel Nisbet and Leonard Jacobs, fold-out double-sided poster featuring two original pieces of artwork, and a six double-sided postcard lobby card reproduction art cards for it. On the first disc, I told you it just keeps coming and coming, 
you've got the Italian version, which has a lossless Italian DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 and PCM 2.0 stereo soundtracks derived from the original four-channel Dolby stereo elements, a lossless hybrid English to Italian DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 soundtrack, English subtitles for the Italian soundtrack, sub soundtrack can't speak, optional English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing for the hybrid soundtrack, an audio commentary by Troy Holworth, author of Murder by the Sign, the unseen cinema of Dario Argento, of Flies and Maggots, a feature-led 2017 documentary produced for Arrow Films, including interviews with the co-writer-producer-director Dario Argento, actors Fiore Argento, David Marotta, Daria Nicolodi, Forenza Tassari, co-writer Franco Farini, cinematographer Romano Albini, uh, producer-manager Alenjo... Uh, Algelo, let's try that again, Lacono, special effects uh, artist Luigi Cosi, special makeups effects artist Sergio Stivavetti, that's probably not right, makeup artist Pierre Antonio Machina, underwater camera operator Gian Lorenzo Battaglia, and composer Claudio Simonetti and Simon Boswell. The original Italian and international theatrical trailers, Jennifer music video directed by Dario Argento and a Japanese press book gallery. Disc number two, lossless English DTS HD audio 5.1 and PCM 2.0 stereo soundtracks on the international version derived from the original four channel Dolby stereo elements. A lossless English PCM soundtrack of Creepers mastered from the original three track DME magnetic mix and presented in two variants, a 1.0 mono and an alternate 2.0 mix with stereo music. Optional English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, an audio commentary on the international version by Argento scholar and author Derek Bothello and film historian, journalist and radio television commentator, eh, commentator David Deval. The three Scarafaggi, uh, visual essay by Arrow producer Michael McKenzie comparing the different cuts of phenomena. A rare alternate 2.0 stereo mix of the international version featuring different sound effects and music cues, the US theatrical trailer, US radio spots, and it's worth saying that the 116 minute Italian cut features approximately six minutes of footage for the English uh, for which English audio does not exist. In these instances, a hybrid track reverts to Italian audio with English subtitles. So there you go. That's what we're doing on episode 41, a fucking behemoth of a release that has only just come out, only came out like about two, three weeks ago. That's what we'll be covering. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts on this dish, wherever you're listening to us right now. Hit subscribe, that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Do not stop there, ladies and gents. Don't do it. I, know, I can see you doing it. Don't do it. You want to subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapot's Collective. Over there you get shows like where, to begin with, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and Chronicle, all recorded, featuring and produced by myself with, in some cases, guests and other ones, going solo down in Acapulco. Just felt like busting into song. Please subscribe to both those feeds, it's the best way to support what I do under the stairs. You can, of course, jump across to our website, teaputscast.com. It houses all those shows, so links are available there, as well as a link to an alternative show called Joss's Shite and other regrettable outbursts. A booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. 
we get drunk, we shit talk a lot, we talk about terrible life choices, we talk about weird news stories from around the globe, we do listener emails when they come in. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts, exclusively available on tputzcast.com. If you want to interact with me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast will get me there. That's for the podcast under the stairs. Teapots Collective, though, is just simply a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. And for Jaws's shite, a page which plunders the depths of the internet's depravity, that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. You reach out and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sex. This Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TeapotsCast. The podcast under the stairs returns tomorrow with the penultimate in our March Madness series. Looking at serial killers and horror movies. We're doing the Clovitch Killer tomorrow. So get ready for a BTK ripoff, which I think is kind of fucking awesome. So until then, wherever you are, where the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.